Welcome to the Modern Direct Seller Podcast, where we talk about strategy, training, and systems to help you reach big goals and find success in direct sales. I'm your host, Becky Launder, a San Diego mama, marketing junkie, and sales strategist that has built several six-figure businesses and is on a mission to share the new modern ways to rock your biz. If you're a go-getter direct seller and looking for actionable strategies, you are in the right place. This is for you. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so thrilled you are here today because we have an incredible guest joining us. We are here today with Brian Palmer, the CEO of Thinkbox. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited for our conversation today and for you to share a little glimpse into the work that you're doing in the industry with our larger audience. So just super looking forward to it. Why don't we just start by sharing a little bit of your story in the direct sales industry? How did you get started? Why did you end up in direct sales? All all the things. Well, you know, like a lot of people, I ended up in direct selling by happenstance or by blind luck, (laughs) whichever one applies. For me, it was definitely luck. And my very first uh, real experience in the industry is I was the CEO and founder of a jewelry company that we launched back in 2012. So it's it's been quite some time now. And that company uh, just blew up. It grew really, really fast. So we were doing $33 million by our third full year in existence. And we had grown internationally. We had really stretched the seams of the operations and learned so, so much through that. And we ended up actually selling that company to a larger entity. And then we've been involved in a number of different startups over the years, uh, some of the ones we're most proud of is, you know, I was president of Mascara Beauty, now Saint Beauty, for a number of years and, and had the honor of serving and working for Kara uh, through that whole launch process. And we've been involved in all kinds of different brands from CBD to health and wellness. And we really gained a lot of experience as operators of direct selling companies and builders of new brands. And then we made the transition into serving those brands and creating offerings for them. And so we entered the direct selling industry as operators, but now we are service providers to other direct selling companies. And what we do is we try to help them leverage the latest and greatest technology that we often see from outside of our industry, but help them leverage it inside our industry to better serve their distributors, consultants, and team members. I love that. And I think most people listening probably have had some tech struggles over their course of being in direct sales. So I love that you're infusing that innovation and some of those things that are happening outside the industry and really bringing it to the inside of direct sales companies. Because I think many of us have been there before where we're like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that? Or what if we could do this or that? So I love that that's the direction that you've landed. And also love that you've spent a lot of time inside direct sales companies. So you're not like a tech guy that kind of came out of nowhere that's developing things without really understanding what the needs of the market are. So I love that you have that background and that experience. 
Yeah, it's so important to have that in that context. And we do apply it. Like in our industry, as an example, you know, for your users, a lot of times their experience with the technology is when things don't go right. Right. Yeah. Super- <laughs> That's what everyone talks <laughs> right. about, right? That's <laughs> it's what everyone talks it. about. <laughs> and then and technology is in a way, it's almost like, you know, you're building a trust relationship with your field where, you know, if things are, go wrong all the time, then you know, the trust gets frayed. And it's a challenge to overcome that, you know, because if anything goes wrong, then the field will blame the tech. And as the company, (laughs) it might be a different issue that you're experiencing. So it's interesting context. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you've seen it on both sides, I think is probably really helpful for you as you're working with your corporate clients and then also understanding kind of that ripple effect and how in the end you have thousands of people that are truly boots on the ground out there doing the work that are going to have something to say. (laughs) Right. I feel you on that. So there's probably a lot of behind the scenes that our average direct seller or average listener really isn't aware of. And I'm looking forward to this conversation today because I think you'll be able to kind of bridge that gap and maybe share some of those insights or some of those conversations around technology that are really happening at the corporate level. So can you clue us in on on a little bit of what companies are talking about in the tech space right now? So what we're seeing most of happening is very strong desire to adopt leading technologies that haven't been commonly used inside direct selling. Like as an example, well, if we go kind of back in time, just briefly, like when technology was first coming into the industry, our brands didn't know how to deal with it. So what happened is a lot of custom CRM systems, custom management systems were built specifically for our industry because we have needs around compensation plans and payouts that other brands may not have. And then fast forward to today, what we're now seeing is more of the companies want to bring in applications like Shopify. So, you know, many users might be familiar with Shopify. Uh, Shopify. (laughs) One click and you check out. (laughs) And you love it. And you love it. And, you know, in in the past, like direct selling companies sometimes could get away, you know, with not having a best of breed shopping experience and user experience for the customer. And and what we're seeing now is that these brands have totally pivoted and they're really focused on providing the most frictionless, smoothest experience for your customers to keep coming back. No longer is it just okay to force them down, you know, rabbit holes of you have to look up this and look up that and find your consultant and and all this complexity and, and frustration. And so we're seeing companies really focus on leveraging these applications. So one example would be using Shopify. Another example could be things like customer referral programs. We're seeing more companies adopt the give 10, get 10, and how that fits with distributors. And then we're also seeing more and more of them wanting to add like adjunct affiliate marketing programs to their direct selling program. We're seeing more and more companies go that route. So I think this is a trend that's going to really continue. And what's happening behind the scenes that you know some of the listeners might not be familiar with is that these companies that we're working with in the direct selling MM industry are taking a very innovative approach and talking every day about what is that leading tech, what is that leading application that they can now leverage to help make your lives better and help you grow your businesses. 
I love that. And, you know, when you're talking a little bit around the history there, I think back to my early days in direct sales. And when I got my starter kit in the mail, it included like the carbon copy order forms, right? Because there was right. an assumption that you were launching your business in person with people in your living room. And there's a requirement to give everyone three receipts. And so you'd have the white mm-hmm. one and the pink one and the yellow one. <laughs> and right. you'd have all of those to input after the party. And you would, you know, go online and log in into your clunky back office and you <laughs> would find the right spot and put those orders in. And I think it's so true that shopping experience. I mean, these days, the average shopper, you know, they can order with one click on Amazon. They are used to shop pay. They're used to the easy button of just clicking through a website, finding what they need, you know, ordering, And then being reminded when it's time to order again, all of those things are happening very seamlessly. So in some sense, I feel like, you know, Drexel's maybe had a little bit of catch-up work to do, right? Once we pivoted to more of the online space and we're seeing less and less in-person, there's definitely this opportunity to streamline that shopping experience. It's so true that my first company I was referencing earlier, the jewelry company, was a party plan company. Yeah. And we yeah. gave up our starter kit, had all kinds of displays. I had the ordering receipts yeah. so you can take orders at the party. We had concepts of cash and carry versus, you know, ordering oh, on, yeah. on the party tool. And it's funny to think about now. I know. It has really evolved so, so much. And that user experience, I think, is really interesting. I mean, we have the experience of like the corporate side and there's reports and there's data and there's things that they need. But then you also have direct sellers that are out there selling and they have tools that they need to have easily accessible. But when you also think about that customer experience, I mean, one thing that I've been sharing at a lot of the events I've been speaking at is just that our customers have become so much more sophisticated, right? Like, and yes. I'm I'm right there. I'm like price shopping something. I have apps that are, you know, Chrome extensions telling me if I can get a better deal somewhere else. Like the things that we're seeing now as a consumer have really changed just, I feel like dramatically in the last three years. Is that your experience too? Just in the last couple of years, it's really kind of pushed a lot of that technology forward. Yes, it really has. And I think demands of the end user have increased exponentially and the expectations have increased exponentially. And as brands, what we're seeing is if you don't meet that expectation, then it creates hesitation with the buyer. And that's why those experiences has to feel familiar. It can't be a situation where like, who moved my cheese? Like, even if you're being innovative with your flows, it has to be something they're comfortable with, anything that's going to cause hesitation. And so, yeah, we're seeing those expectations and those demands continue to increase. Interesting. Uh, So interesting. I feel like these are the things that companies are thinking about. But, you know, for those out in the field, they're just out there selling and they're like, I don't know what's happening at the corporate table and and what they're thinking about. But what are the other things that you're hearing? I know you mentioned affiliate programs that are kind of running alongside a direct sales program. I'm definitely seeing a lot of referral and loyalty programs popping up as well. Are there any other kind of themes or trends that you're seeing that companies are exploring? just to stay more relevant? Yeah. So I think a couple of themes that we're seeing be very consistent at the DSA, which is our trade association and within companies we're speaking to is a much heavier focus on customer acquisition. Where like, if we go back in time, there might've been more bounce or even some focus on, you know, distributor or consultant acquisition. Where if you look at today, it's really about customer acquisition. So we're seeing more and more companies invest in enabling the listeners here on within friends and family, of course, but also to expand beyond those networks and then acquire those customers. 
So we're, we're seeing more and more of that. We've seen an, a shift in the attitude from the old school mindset of, you know, the d- distributor consultant was tasked with kind of filling the gap. You know, well, you know, if there's a customer service issue, they kind of, they can step in and handle it. They're kind of an extension of the company and they still are, but the company feels they want to unburden the distributor consultant as much as possible. So that enables them the most free time to be able to focus on what we spoke about earlier, which is customer acquisition. And I think that is like where you, we were talking about the affiliate program. The affiliate program is intended to help be a new tool to acquire more customers. Or we're seeing the customer referral program, the give 10, get 10 programs. Again, trying to get customers to help you acquire more customers. So that's the big shift I've seen. Whereas like if you want to start a business in direct selling yourself, there's experts out there that will help you construct your strategy, your compensation plan, all this stuff. And we've worked with many of them through the years. And what they used to say is you're either focusing on the end user or on the consultant as as your kind of your go-to-market plan. In the MLM, it traditionally was more consultant, acquiring distributors. In party plan, going back again, that was more focusing on acquiring the customers. Where now, if you look at them, if you listen to them today, they're almost all really focused on the customer. And so I think that's to the reseller's benefit. I could not agree more. And I love that because I think that you're exactly right that there's definitely been a season of, you know, the direct seller, the one out there in the field is kind of bridging that gap or taking care of anything that isn't being fulfilled by the company. But I really feel like the more tools, the more sophisticated shopping experience, the more the company can do to give that support to the direct seller, the more they can focus on what they're really good at. And customer acquisition is a huge theme that we've been doing a ton of training throughout the fall and here into the end of the year on just around how do we get new customers? And and a lot of my audience came from that traditional party plan background. And so if we're not doing parties, if parties aren't happening at the same volume that they used to, then what are those other tools that they have available to them to bring in new customers? What are those conversations they need to be having? Do they have a first-time shopping coupon code? Do they have an affiliate program? Do they have a link that they can share? How can they essentially Mm -hmm. be referral partners for them without going the traditional party route. So I feel like what you're saying is music to my ears because that's definitely in alignment with what I'm seeing too. And I feel like customers, new customers is the answer to everything, right? Even if you are part of a party plan company, you get more customers, that's going to feed into more hosts. You get more hosts, that's going to feed right into more people that are going to join your team. So if you can get in front of more people and have those conversations and really focus on that relationship building and that connecting and that customer acquisition, then you're doing your job and you don't have to worry about all the other bells and whistles that maybe in the past direct sellers have had to kind of figure out on their own. So I totally agree. And you know, what's interesting, it might be interesting to your listeners, is that this is an area where your listeners know better than the company most of the time. Their ideas are better. A lot of times we expect the company to have the answer, but the more often than not, when I have conversations with brands, it's really the field. And when I've operated the companies myself, we would scour the field for our most innovative resellers and consultants for how they acquired customers so we could learn from them. So shockingly, the companies, you know, not shockingly, but they're desperate to hear from you and how you do it. And a lot of times they're not really sure. And even if they have something that's working, 
as we all know, things change, things emerge, new programs get tested, new methodologies for acquiring customers happen. And that happens at the field level, not really at corporate. So that's an area where the expertise of the listener here really shines through and the company, it really, really values your insights and opinions. I love that. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what do you see on the horizon? I know we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but what do you see in the next year? Looking forward to 2024, looking beyond that, how is direct sales going to continue to stay relevant? What kind of tech advances are we going to see? How do we stay ahead of the curve? You know, one of the big macro trends I'm seeing is almost a merging of direct selling and affiliate marketing or some sort of equilibrium between the two emerging in that if we look at just affiliate marketing, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's so many millions of people representing products. And generally speaking, it's viewed as a very positive experience where sometimes if you look at direct selling, you know, we haven't had always the best reputation historically, even though I feel like we've gotten much better. And I think that like, if you look at how different generations view affiliate marketing or direct selling, we're seeing a more positive view with some generations of affiliate marketing versus say direct selling. And then again, they're both about customer acquisition. So like the, the goals and the outcomes that we're seeking are very similar. And so what I believe is that we're going to see is more technologies that we see used in affiliate marketing being used in direct selling. We're going to see more methodologies for selling and going, you know, going to market like from affiliate happening in direct selling. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. My hope is that some of the most valuable things in direct selling continue to persevere. And I believe they will. Like one of them being community. If we look at affiliate marketing, they really don't have the community we have. You know, someone who's, you know, run direct selling companies, had top leaders with big teams and done conferences and done retreats and things like that. Like I've firsthand witnessed the power of those communities and those relationships where you kind of lose that in affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. The other thing you lose is this like thirst for training, thirst for enablement, thirst for uplifting. We get that more in direct selling. So I think what we're going to have is maybe some sort of hybrid between the two where you're bringing the best elements of direct selling, you're bringing the best elements of affiliate marketing, kind of blending them for this kind of new world direct selling MLM type brand. I love that thought process. And I think, you know, we're already seeing companies making some of those shifts and even the terminology that they're using and what they're calling their representatives or distributors, you know, now it's more affiliates, ambassadors, there's other terms that are being used. And I just think that it, it's such an interesting shift. One other differentiation, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this from a tech perspective. You know, we represent a number of brands as an affiliate, and you're absolutely right. There's not community. I mean, I get emails from them and we recommend their products, but we don't have a training conference. We don't have a retreat. I don't have biz besties that are also affiliates for those other brands. But one thing that I see different in affiliates versus a traditional direct sales model is that customer experience piece, right? Like if I'm an affiliate for something and I recommend a product, it's a little bit more transactional. Like they go, they make the purchase, but I'm not checking in to see how they like it or how they're using it or how they're doing. So are you envisioning in the future that the technology in some ways fills that gap? Like, you know, that there's emails, there's automation, there's tools, there's things happening that might be provided from the company behind the scenes to support that ongoing customer service and retention? 
Yeah, I think AI has a huge potential here. Um, one of the things we've been doing is plugging in very simple AI. Like people don't know this, but all the popular customer service applications like Zendesk have cheap or free AI that you can use and plug into your environment. So we've been plugging that in. So you could text in, you can change your subscribe and save. I mean, you could do amazing amount of stuff already. We in the past have also seen like as an example, we had a hair care brand who was a client who we built. It's almost like a, a product selector recommender based on your hair type yeah. and your hair goals. So what we're seeing is more AI and more tools specific to that particular brand and products because it's funny you bring this up. Traditionally, going back to the direct selling startup consultants, they yeah. would always say the products that require explanation are the ones that are perfect for our industry. And it's true. And I do think AI, we're going to see more and more plug in is to help support those explanations and support for the client or for the customer. Fascinating. Oh my gosh, what the future holds. It's so exciting. And it's funny, we just did a survey that we launched, a quiz that we launched, and it's what's your direct sales superpower? And it kind of talks about different ways that you can build your own profit path. And I will be the first to admit that AI helped me write that quiz and those quiz results. I almost felt like I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the first times that I've used it in a way that I was like, whoa, like this, the outcome was so good. And I spent time with it. I refined it. I changed it. I asked for more clarification. I had it right more friendly, but oh my gosh, the outcome of some of that AI is pretty powerful. So I can definitely see that in the customer service, customer experience capacity, really supporting the direct seller and retaining that customer and having them come back again, but also in the corporate side too. Oh my gosh. Like I'm sure they're getting thousands of customer service inquiries that can be managed in uh, pretty sophisticated ways using AI. So I that's it's the way of the future and we better embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For by way of true confessional, I put almost everything I write through uh, yeah. chat GPT. Yeah. And it always makes like, it better, right? It does. Even <laughs> if you have to change it. I mean, it's it's actually my number one personal tool I use and I recommend to everybody to yeah. tinker with. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. We did a podcast episode, I'll link to it in the show notes, about how to use ChatGPT or even Canva has Canva Magic, right? Like, you know, there's a couple of other tools out there that many are familiar with and, and how you can leverage that in your business. But I can't tell you how many emails I've put through there. And I'm like, can you make this sound better? Can you make this sound more friendly? Can you check this for grammar? And it will spit something back out. And I'm like, okay, okay, that was pretty good. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> I sound pretty professional. Professional. <laughs> right. Oh, look at me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So to wrap things up, I think you just gave me your answer, but what is your favorite tech tool or app? Your personal tool? Like what app would you not be able to live without? I have to say ChatGPT, ChatGPT. if you can believe it. Yeah. I, not only am I using it for emails, but I'm, we're using it to help us with blog article, help us with website copy, help us with outreach yeah. copy. And given that all of your listeners here are probably in the business of lead generation, customer acquisition, and communication with prospects. Man, what a great tool that can be leveraged for each and every one of us. And, and it's free. Yeah. So ChatGPT, that's my number one go-to. Right. Anyone that, I mean, it's the number one downloaded fastest in the internet. So I'm sure most of the users have tinkered with it, but yeah. it's just the beginning as you pointed out. So that one, and then, you know, keep tinkering. There's 
image generation and so much more that can be used. Oh my gosh. I've seen some of the training avatars and they're not quite there yet. Like nobody can really replace me and all my awesome training, but one day there's going to be an avatar girl that is completely AI reading out my training scripts. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be the same. Nobody will know. (laughs) Well, no, your listeners will know. (laughs) I'm like, it's getting real close though. There's some little quirky things they do with their hands hands in their mouth where you're like, is that, that's not really a real person right there. But it, it is getting better and better every day. So probably by the time this episode airs, there's going to be some incredible tool to, you know, avatar yourself and create cool videos or something. <laughs> uh, one other question. I always ask my guests on my podcast, what is your favorite office supply? I love the paperclip. It's so underrated. Clip. <laughs> That could be first. I don't think anyone's given me that answer yet. <laughs> <laughs> so underrated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Um, I will say binder clips, paper clips, binder clips. You know, I okay, have a I love of, binder like, clip. I love a binder clip. Cute colored binder clip. Yeah. That's <laughs> the first, it's the first cousin to the paper clip. You so know, I definitely love the related. Binder clip. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, Brian, tell us where can we connect with you? Where can we learn more about the amazing work that you and your team are doing? Well, you could always take a look at our website at thinkboxhq.com, which is geared towards corporate clients, but shows a lot of the innovative technology we're working on stuff we do. And you could always reach out to me uh, directly. I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang with me today and share so many interesting insights about the industry and where we're headed and just giving us a glimpse behind the curtain of some of those tech conversations that are happening at the corporate level. So thank you again for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all the listeners. Without their hard work, none of us would exist to support them, neither would the companies. And we're grateful for you and we're thankful for you. And thanks you for having me, Becky. This has really been great. Have a wonderful day. Likewise. Thanks, Brian. This episode has been sponsored by the Modern Direct Seller Academy. The Modern Direct Seller Academy includes sales strategy, community, and coaching. Everything you need to grow your sales this holiday season. If you're looking for real-time coaching, support, and community-focused learning, this is for you. Check it out over at moderndirectselleracademy.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Modern Direct Seller Podcast. For more sales tips, strategy, and systems for your direct sales business, visit your one-stop shop, moderndirectseller.com. Until next time, get out there and go rock your biz.